Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Everyone and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. This is Chris Amzer, and my guest today is Alan Milligan with White Rabbit Dot One. How are you doing today, Alan? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. So, Alan, give us your background uh, leading up to White Rabbit. Sure. Um, well, I came out of uh, out of uh, well, I worked in Washington D.C. Actually, truth be told, uh, after university, uh, writing speeches. And got very disillusioned about how how things worked behind the scenes, you know, the horse trading of it all. Uh, so I fled to Australia, studied there, and then I came back to Norway. And uh, my old man was getting uh, becoming ill, uh, and he had a shipping company. So um, he sold it off. I helped him do that. And a small piece of that was a database of chemical information. So I took that database and I hired a programmer from Russia, Alexander Yarushin. And uh, together, we developed uh, Milbrose Chemical Information System, or we brought that to the next level. And for three years, we developed that and the automatic storage system. And that's now the, you know, uh, onboard hundreds of chemical tankers around the world and has become the industry standard for safety in the shipping industry, which is like a $2.3 trillion market. But we sold that in 2008. And the reason I sold it was because I wanted to go into the film industry, which I have a passion for film. So I've been a film producer for the better part of uh, the last yeah eight nine years, okay. and uh, through the film industry, I've sort of come to discover the challenges it is for not only producers but investors and directors and actors to get paid their due. Yeah, I agreed on that. That's been a a topic for a long time. A lot of consumers out there don't realize the path that the money travels from from them to potentially you know the creators of the content. So what do you what are some things that you see that have gotten in the way of the artist um receiving receiving the revenue or the you know the um, what what they deserve essentially uh, well uh, there are so many pitfalls um I mean first off we used to have the DVD industry and DVD was very special you know before that VHS because uh you know if you didn't make it in the box office you could pretty much break even in the DVD industry um, not only that, but the DVD market was a market unto itself, to which you know a whole host of very special, very weird, very genre films uh, were available. However, even with that, you know, there's been a lot of creative accounting in the industry. You never really get to know the the numbers behind uh, who's seen your film, and uh, maybe not the who is so important, but you know what kind of person has seen your film, and where do they live? You know, in, in what geographical area do they live, and how do they interact with your film? And, you know, when streaming came along, they took all that information and they kept it for themselves and they brought up a whole host of films and everyone was thinking, great, streaming is going to save us from DVD or sort of give us more information and give the users more access. But what happened, in fact, was that a few players took, took control, scooped up all these rights, offered tons of films to the, to the fans, and year by year, since about 2011, 2012, They've been cutting content, cutting content, not buying, not buying. And instead, they've been producing their own. So now they have become, like Netflix, studios in their own right. In any case, 
um, for the artists, for the director, for the producer, even for the investors of films, you've never really had a reliable way to know how many people saw your film, how much they paid, uh, how much they liked it, did they watch the whole film? Um, and all these barriers mean that when it comes down to getting paid as a producer or as, or as a director or an actor, you're getting pennies for your efforts. So film industry has become very sort of split. Either you make a ton of money on a film, which is a small amount of people, uh, or you're basically struggling to survive and thus getting worse and worse every year. So do you, do you think it's the the old guard or the, you know, the studios or whatever that prevent that distribution or like pull back the, the reign of the funds or, or what do you think is the, the big thing that's always getting in the way? Well, it's always getting in the way, I think, which is what blockchain solves not only for, you know, with White Rabbit and the film industry, but, you know, we've called it the trustless system. We hear that a lot. And to me, um, blockchain is, was the key to me, to my idea about White Rabbit. I had the idea of White Rabbit, but it's when I learned about blockchain, it was like, aha, this is what I'm talking about. Because blockchain is, to me, it's the system that fosters trust. You no longer have money in the way between us. You know, there's a, there's a smart contract, there's a distribution of revenue, it's locked, it's transparent, money's not the issue anymore. Uh, no one's fooling anybody. We can, we can have a normal human relation. It's, it's money that often comes in the way of people, I feel. So um, to us, it's, you know, White Rabbit can deliver a confidence from the filmmakers that their film, when it gets out there, when they do their marketing and when they push that film, whoever pays, uh, the fan, when the fans pay for the film, that money is going to get distributed exactly as was agreed when they decided to make the film. That much to the producer, that much to the director, that much to the investor, that much to the actor, that much to the writer. And, you know, that happens for every single transaction. One of the deals that you make with, for example, I keep on saying Netflix, but this is, you know, the industry itself. If you sell to to, to one of the OTTs, you often have like a two-year, three-year, I've even heard of a five-year schedule of repayment. That means you're cash flowing someone else. So we make a deal. Here's my film. And you're going to take use five years to pay me. And you're not going to tell me anything about anything except you can give me a royalty check and you're saying this is the right number with of course that creates a lot of mistrust but with you know the white rabbit and blockchain we can say for every time a user pays that money is going to go directly to you as one of the stakeholders in that film or in that tv series okay so that that takes a significantly large amount of middle out of the equation is that correct that takes every every middle out of it i would say takes, okay um yeah because now now it's the fan directly to the filmmaker and it's a question of, okay, how do we share it between White Rabbit? How do we share it between the ones who are providing the service, which is the streaming site? Okay. And is White Rabbit, White Rabbit operates as a plugin. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's, a, it's a user, uh, the user's plugin in, in their browser. Okay. So I would, I would open my browser with the White Rabbit plugin, and I'm going to go to whatever uh, streaming service I'm going to um, use, and the plugin kind of operates in the background. How, tell me, give me some more specifics about how that plugin works. Yeah, so it's going to work on, on you know, pair-to-pair streaming sites. Uh, and what it's going to do is it's going to recognize the content that you have. Um, it's going to make you verify in the first iteration. Uh, it's going to ask you to verify the content. In the next iteration, it'll do that automatically. Um, and then you're then saying, okay, I'm willing to pay the $2 for this film. And you watch the film and the money and the transaction happens. Uh, if there's a smart contract between White Rabbit and the rights holder, 
that happens automatically. Okay. So generally, the the smart contract between the two is going to be set up well in advance. Is that right? Uh, yes and no. Uh, we okay. are, you know, I'm in the film industry myself. I've just been in Berlin. I've been talking to distributors and sales agents. They're excited. It's been a really rewarding trip. And Berlin is one of the biggest film festivals in the world, probably about number two or three. Uh, and people are very excited about this opportunity because we're not making any money off streaming. You know, there's very few people who do. So um, it's uh, it's a it's a way for us then to ensure that that payment goes directly to us instead of having all these middlemen. Okay, very good. Well, leading into Berlin, um, I understand there's a lot of excitement in your presentation there. Yeah, there was, uh, and it was great because I'm, I'm not sure about the South. Uh, South by Southwest held any uh, blockchain-themed uh, um, workshops and conferences during the festival yet last year, but Berlin now, as far as I know, was the first film festival to hold a blockchain-specific uh, conference, and there were several um, companies there that presented their their versions of what they're going to do for the film industry with blockchain, some specifically to, you know, uh, how to set up a film with all the contracts, uh, and then you know White Rabbit was one of them. So it was fantastic to meet a very enthusiastic audience, very curious audience, and I was so surprised by how many people who hadn't heard about blockchain six months ago have become very aware of blockchain and are very keen to look at an alternative distribution model. I've heard people say that you know other industries are going to have to do it first because the film industry is conservative. Yes, it is. It's very conservative. Certainly, it's very conservative on the West Coast of the United States. However, in terms of Hollywood, however, for the rest of the world, we need to find an alternative distribution model. We need to find an alternative way to connect to our fans. And we need to find an alternative way to make sure that we're getting the revenue and the income that we should. And providing the fans with opportunity to stream wherever they want. I mean, why should a fan have to go to, you know, three, four subscription services, five, six, whatever it is, and try to find what they're looking for when it's already out there, really. 200 million people in Europe today uh, are streaming peer-to-peer, 20 million subscribers to Netflix. So we need to allow the fans to do what they want to do and not force them to become pirates. Just give them the option to pay. Let, let them show that they're willing to prove their loyalty. And that's what what Rabbit is trying to offer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think from, I remember back uh, when they were talking about CDs and DVDs, this is definitely prior to anything like iTunes. Um, the the distribution and management, and most of all, the piracy aspect. Piracy seems to be like a a big catchphrase that says, "Oh, everybody's out there doing this, and they're all criminals." But that's simply not the case. Um, it seems like there, in quite a few instances, it's just someone that's being that's not having as easy access as they should to uh, be able to view the content that they want. What's what are your views the num- on piracy? The, num- the number right now, that, you know, it's not just a few. It's sixty percent. Sixty percent of those who pirate today say that they're willing to pay. The proof will be in the pudding, of course. But they're saying, "I pirate. I want to pay. I just can't find this film. I have no access. It's not available in my territory. I don't subscribe to this." This uh, this uh, closed subscription service, uh, uh, subscription service. I just want to watch the film two clicks away. I have places that can provide me that service, but I'm just not able to pay. And of course, you want to make sure who are you paying to. You know, it's not like you just want to pay anyone, like someone who ripped it off and 
we might are going to keep the money for themselves. You don't want to do that either. So we found through these uh, two studies by two universities, a British one who did a Finnish study, an Australian one that did an Australian study, 10,000 people were asked, if you could pay, would you? 60% said yes. And not only that, that study in Australia showed that people who pirate and who are willing to pay spend more money on content than other people. So these are not pirates, they're fans. And that's what we need to make sure that they're allowed to become fans. And we need to make that difference between who's a pirate, they won't pay on principle, and the fan who's willing to break the law in order to watch the films and series that they love. So all we got to do is allow them to provide, to prove their loyalty. That's an interesting dichotomy in, in that definition. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. I want to go back to um, your Berlin the Film Festival. You mentioned that a lot of people were curious. What's what's one of the common questions that were asked by the those curious people? Uh, how 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 are you going to deal with the rights? Uh, well, we're going to deal with the well. There's two two different versions. There's what's happened before, so the libraries, the films that are already out there, and there's the new ones. The new ones are easy. We set up a smart contract. We make sure that everyone who's who you've contracted to make that film, be that music rights, be that director, investors are part of that smart contract. And every time they get, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone sees the film, they're going to get paid. They're two cents here, the five cents here, the, the, you know, the 30 cents there. When it comes to films that have been there previous are that are out there that people are watching that we don't have the rights to, that's where the, our token model kicks in, which I think is one of the, you know, revolutionary parts of White Rabbit. That is, um, we don't have the rights to a film. Someone out there does as they do, 200 million Europeans do all the, every day. They watch something on peer-to-peer, and they say, I want to watch this film. They watch the film. We don't have the rights to it. They offer a token. So the showing already then, we're willing to pay. Someone's willing to accept. We call the rights holder, and we say, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've got 200,000 tokens just waiting for you if you're willing to enter into a white rabbit contract. They should, you know, if they have... Territories which they can accept payment from, we can geobox. Uh, we can set it up so that the producer receives the money directly, as he does today, or the sales agent, and they have to deal with the rights issues that they already have. But as soon as they accept that token, and that token has gone into an encrypted distribution pool, as soon as they accept it, they now receive the payment and they receive the metadata, but not any personal data of the user. If they refuse it and say, you know, we don't want to be part of peer-to-peer streaming, or we cannot be a part of it, the token goes back to the user. We have no idea who they are. Neither does anyone else because they went into an encrypted distribution pool. And then from there on in, we tell the users, we've been in contact with this um, with this rights holder. He doesn't want to be part of White Rabbit. Please find a, a different site to stream White Rabbit from. So and then we're kind of we're, we're, we're trying to protect everyone here, both the film industry and the privacy of the the fans who are streaming peer to peer. Okay, and and ultimately you want to avoid that so that you you continue um, getting those consumers uh, hooked up with their whatever media they're trying to see. Um, so tell us more about your token, and you gave us a little bit of the details about how that works. Tell us more about the token. Okay, yeah, I mean for, for us the token is very important in in changing the film industry. I'm doing my work, you know, I'm talking to sales agents and distributors. We're talking about you know, 400 films at a time, 200 films at a time. And my ambition is to have the rights to enough films, uh, more films than Netflix are offering today. You know, they're cutting down. Their, their, their ambition is to be 
um, produced, 50% purchased. They've made 80 films, or they're going to make 80 films this year. So you can imagine that number is going to come drastically down. They want to be HBO before HBO becomes Netflix. That's that's what they've said. So okay. for us, the token is that that fan-driven changing the world. When the fans are watching a film, they find a film, they love that film, they're excited about that film. It, maybe it's like a niche film that has just like this sudden popularity uh, with a certain uh, type of people uh, who have certain interests. We're able to collect those tokens and film by film by film, we're able to talk to the producers or the sales agents and distributors and say, look, I don't know who these people are. It's encrypted. You're not going to know. I'm not going to know. I don't want to know. But we can offer you these tokens. This is more money that you're going to get from any other deal. Are you willing to accept this new business model? So for us, the token is kind of the fans voting for the films that they want to see peer-to-peer and that they want to have access to and that probably don't have that much revenue today uh, from uh, streaming uh, streaming revenue today. So for us, this is like the huge importance of having the fans help White Rabbit change the film industry to not allow a monopoly on, on digital streaming. I mean, how many players in, in the global streaming field do we have today that are sort of accepted as legal? You know, you have Netflix, you have HBO, you have Amazon. That's done not. They have, they have a stranglehold on distribution. We need to have competition in distribution so we can allow for niche websites, you know, Nordic noir films or Korean action films or Asian action films or whatever, you know, f- uh, websites are going to pop up there, you know, films that just for the music fans, music and film uh, web, uh, streaming sites. Because having a closed server subscription where there's buyers who choose which film are allowed to be given to a global audience, that's monopolizing. Allowing and sharing revenue with streaming sites who have all the intention of respecting the rights holder, who offer a supreme service to the fans with a fantastic user interface, who are investing in R&D for uh, recommendation algorithms, uh, who have a clear branding, that's what we want to support. And that's that's kind of the alternative industry we're trying to help build up through the token. Okay. What's your roadmap and where are you in that right now? Right, so we are working on our uh, MVP. We've been very focused on that. Uh, we will be releasing that before the uh, token sale. The token sale is going to be happening in the you know end of this quarter, beginning of next quarter, uh, and we should be ready with our product launch in the third quarter, 2018. So this year. Okay, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, what do you uh, what's what do you feel like is your your biggest challenge so far in that roadmap? Well, uh, the biggest challenge has been uh, what what's the reaction of the film industry going to be? Um, how are they going to look at, you know, peer-to-peer? You mean piracy? We're going to reward the pirates? <laughs> you know, um, I think we've come beyond that. That was the big revelation for me now in Berlin, was that the film industry has gotten beyond that fact, and they understand now that their competition you know, Netflix used to be the distributor. Now they're the competition, their studio in their own right. And Netflix are producing great content. Don't get me wrong. I, I dig a lot of Netflix series. I'm just trying to offer an alternative for everyone else. And uh, I thought that the film industry would be very sort of, ooh, I don't know about, you know, what is this blockchain thing? What What is this peer-to-peer and, and trying to monetize on peer-to-peer? But uh, I have to say, you know, some of the biggest players out there you know, the, the the older guard, as we might call them, people above the age of 50, they were loving it. Uh, so, yeah, um, I guess, the, you know, a successful ICO is the, the biggest challenge right now. Okay, excellent. Hmm. Where can um, 
you mentioned the Berlin Film Festival and you kind of mentioned South by Southwest. Where where will we see you again in the future? Yeah, I believe it's uh, Coin Agenda in Puerto Rico in March, I think is the next one. Okay, well, very good. I believe so. Yeah, and uh, then there's South by Southwest and then in May we'll be in Cannes and then we've done the token sale. Hopefully everyone out there has loved White Rabbit, our mission, has loved the MVP. Uh, has invested heavily uh, or contributed uh, well into the to token sale. And we can go to Con and we can start picking up some films for, for White Rabbit and the, and the fans out there. Well, excellent. Well, Alan, it's been great chatting with you today. Um, you have any final thoughts before we wrap? Nothing other than that it's been a pleasure talking to you as well. So thank you very much for, for letting me uh, talk about White Rabbit. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, definitely. Alan Milligan with WhiteRabbit.one. I want to thank you, everybody, for joining us here today, and we'll see you next time on the Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.